God. Well, I want to pick up today on the theme we've been working with of late, that God's been working with, hopefully in your life. I know he has in mine. Uh, we've been talking in general about the throne of God, about God's calling us up out of all the earth's stuff to a vantage point that belongs to us in Christ. You know, as Christ, the Bible says, we've been seated with Him in heavenly places. Sometimes the problem is that all of the earth's demands and needs are constantly pulling us down. And though in His mind we have this vantage point, experientially we tend to flounder around with all the earthly distractions and so on. But we've been talking about the call up to the throne of God as John had in the book of Revelation at a very strategic time in John's life and I believe it's a very strategic thing in our life in this generation if we're going to know the mind of God we're going to have to hang out with God we're going to have to be near God you can't expect to have the intimate thoughts of God from a distance so there is a response that is um, ours to do God's made the invitation and now it's ours to choose. And it's clear that in our own strength we can't do this, but God is so willing, wherever he guides, he provides, right? As the saying goes. So if God makes the call, God also issues the grace to get there. You know, we use the story of the Great Supper and some time back of those that were bidden to the feast that he, the, the, the man, the wealthy man had prepared and everybody was too busy so he sent his servants back out and he said bring the halt bring the blind bring the maimed bring the cripple but my house is going to be filled I've made a feast and these seats are not going to be empty and so the servants went back out and they invited those who were just broken people and they came one thing that's implied although it's not specifically spoken to in that text is that those who came needed help getting there the blind person would need someone to guide them. The crippled might need somebody to lean on. Come on. But if God issues the call, hear me this morning, God provides the ability to answer. Can you say amen? That's good news. Because we all need some help getting where God has called us to be. I'm talking about all the experiential things that would try to hinder us but the greatness of the calling and that's those who were blind halt maimed crippled and so on when they heard the great calling and they took that in light of their condition and they said who me you would call me to such a great feast that awareness was enough for them by faith to say I will go and I'll be a part of this I don't know how to get there, but I know that that's a deal too good to pass up. So I'm going. And I hope in your heart, as we've been talking about answering this call, you know, that you will see it for what it is. It is a high calling. It's not something to be, you know, lightly esteemed. It's not something to, you know, we, it's interesting, isn't it, how we place value on things. We place value on things, and, and rightly so, you know. So we decide 
how much time we're going to give to a thing based on its value to us. We decide how much insurance we're going to put on a thing based on its value to us. We decide, we, we're always in life placing values. This is worth this, therefore it deserves this much of my attention, my offering, my time, whatever it is. And I, I'll have to say it this way. For me, I've seen this pattern in my own life where it's become a part of my prayer life. God, help me value what you value. Help me value the way you value. It's going to be one of the, one of the most shocking, staggering experiences of the human life when we get to the, the reality of the, uh, the end of our lives. And there we are before the throne of God, and God says, here's how you valued it, and here's how I valued it. Ouch! in many cases. That's why I think Jesus says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The inference is there'll be utter regret because I didn't place the kind of value where I should have placed value on things. I valued certain things and not the other things. And at the end, those things didn't matter. And now for eternity, they don't matter. And the things that do matter, eternal things, you know, how much we've invested there, how much we've cooperated. So for me, again, that's a sober thought, but it's one that God is willing to help us with. So you don't have to get under some major load here. It's just, it's a matter of acknowledging it and saying, God, amen, <laughs> would you help me to place value where you place value? So John on the Isle of Patmos exiled there to this... Uh, you know, imprisonment, not in a formal prison, but on an island where he couldn't escape, has an open revelation, open vision. God calls him up. And John answers the call, and immediately he's in the Spirit, and he sees the throne of God. And so we've been talking about the impact that had on John, and how that impact, that same kind of impact, has to be made on our lives. God wants to impact us in such a way that we can't keep doing life the way we've always done it. Something has to so make its mark on us that we'll see it differently, we'll act differently, we'll do things differently because we've been marked by that revelation. John needed it. You know, John could have easily been thinking, this is the end of my life. I'm going to be here on this island. Little did John know, God was setting him up to finish out by encouraging the churches in that region and, and would play a huge role historically even today. Here we are talking about what happened there. So the revelation of the throne and the impact of the throne. You know, last week was Valentine's Day and we talked about the love of a husband for his wife, I shared an article I had written concerning my wife and about her hand being in my hand all over this world and how Jesus is looking for the same kind of thing with us. He's looking for a bride who's taken his hand and has been willing to come out with him and follow him wherever he leads us and be, be everything he wants us to be. And, um, and we talked it towards the end of that message, if you were here and you remember, about how Jesus is trolling for disciples, for followers. He's trolling like a fisherman would pull a lure in front of a fish in hopes that the fish will bite, right? And we saw accounts in the scripture. There's more than one, but one of the most powerful ones is, is on the road to Emmaus and Jesus is, you know, talking to the disciples there who are terribly discouraged and as he, it's getting dark out and finally he says, you know, 
<clears throat> see ya, I'm leaving. But the Bible says he made as though he would have gone on. He was actually wondering if they would ask him to stay. So we said this, and appreciate you letting me repeat all this because it's important for where I think we're going today. Jesus wants to know, meeting after meeting, we come together, we feel the presence of God. Hopefully you do. You feel the presence of God. You, you, you feel God tugging. Maybe, and, and it's as if he's trolling. He's just coming right by us, wondering, will you go with me? Will you abandon, you know, the predictable, safe, familiar? Will you step out with me? God's looking for a people who will step out, take his hand, and come and follow him. And I was thinking about that and about something years ago I remember sharing briefly on, but it's like the performer who plays in front of, you know, at Carnegie Hall or wherever, and by the way, just before the performer comes on the stage, the lights go out. Just before Jesus comes back, the lights are going out. Those who don't know him are fearful. Those who do say, oh my gosh, get ready. This is what we've been waiting for. Oh, if, uh, those who don't know have a different reaction, but those who know Oh my gosh, here he comes, right? Well, in the first appearing, he came. Amazing performance, right? I believe now, after the performance, as is the case in many natural settings, the performer takes his bow, walks off the stage, and goes waiting behind the curtain to see if people will demand his return. <laughs> or if people go, oh, that was nice. Right now, I believe in some ways God is standing behind the curtain wondering, does anybody appreciate my first performance? Is anybody willing to get on their feet and say, come back on the stage and give us one final number that will know no end? A desire in people. God, I'm not content. How dishonoring of me to not clap with my life. How dishonoring to not stand and demand. You know, the idea that he's behind the curtain wondering, it's not like he's already on the plane, gone. It's like Jesus wondering if, if they'll keep him. You know, I'm, he made as though he would have gone on. Well, I'm convinced God has gone behind the curtain wondering, does anybody want me? God help us. God help us. 
people that are so focused. Their heart has one cry, to know him, to see him, to be with him where he is. I want nothing else. God, would you burn that in us? Would you work that in us by the Holy Spirit so we'd be a part of that people? You know, it's happening already right now all over the earth. There is an awakening that's been going on where God is putting this right theme. It is the right theme of all creation. It is the only just response to such an awesome God. And yet so many distractions. Jesus' words, John's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 24, he says, Father, I will that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Hear the cry of Jesus, our heavenly husband, the bridegroom that the church is going to be married to for all of eternity according to the scripture. Somehow this thing is, it culminates in the idea of a bridegroom and a bride, Christ the bridegroom, us the church, the bride, ready to be married, rightly adorned, clean, spotless, without blemish, without wrinkle. That's all the process we're in right now where God is working and, and chiseling and buffing and, you know, it's amazing, you know. I, I, I see these, uh, all the efforts we do to prop it all up. But, you know, the Holy Ghost is really interested in getting us ready. And here we have Jesus' prayer. God, here's my prayer. God the Father, God the Son speaking to God the Father. He says, Lord, all that you've given me, here's my cry, that they be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. It's interesting that the previous verse to this verse of Jesus asking for us to be with him and to see his glory has to do with unity. He says, I in them and you in me, this is verse 23, that they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So we've got this, this idea of unity, and then we've got this idea of Jesus says, I want them to be with me where I am, that they might behold the glory you've given me. You know, there's, we talk a lot, or it is talked a lot about the unity of the church and the churches, if you will. Unity, unity, unity. But there's nothing that's more effective and uh, successful when it comes to unity than having the common theme of wanting to be with Him and to behold His glory. You see, we can unify around a lot of things. We can, uni we can unify around social justices. We can unify, and that's not bad. Don't, please don't misread me. There's a lot of wonderful things to get unified around, but there's nothing that's going to bring the church together like this calling to be with him where he is and to behold his glory, to behold 
his glory. Because, you know, the beholding of the glory of God is the thing that will forever change us. We talked initially about we need to be imprinted. We need God to come and make his mark on us. And there is, in my experience, and as I search the scriptures, there's nothing that can make the mark. You know, you and I, currently, who we are and the way we see life and is, is, is based on marks that have been made, impressions that have been made on our life through things we've experienced and things that have happened. We, we actually are the shape of those things often. And, and in, whether those are good things or, or bad things, they have marked us, they have shaped us. But good, here's the good news. God is saying, you know, because a lot of it's not all good, right? Amen. We've had a lot of things happen throughout the course of our lives. We're born into a sinful world and there's all kinds of junk that goes down. And it makes a kind of a negative thing. We have a skewed image of God. We've got all these problems, right? But the good news is, is that God's saying, I'm offering to you an invitation to come and let me be with me where I am and in my presence behold my glory and that will make a mark that will outshine all the other marks. Actually, the glory of God is the only thing that has the ability to take a dent, a bad thing, and make it a good thing. The glory of God. God, God can take your worst. You know, I love Joyce Meyer's story, you know. I mean, wow. Talk about abuse. Talk about growing up. And look at how God has turned her wrong, the stuff that happened to her, and is using that sister. It's awesome. Glory to God. What about you? What about me? It's a beautiful thing. God, I want them with me. Do they want to be with me? I think every prayer Jesus ever prayed either God answered or will be answered. Because there are a few that are still waiting to happen. But I feel that anything Jesus asks for, he gets. So he's got this prayer, it's floating around out there, that we might be one, that we might be with him, that we might behold his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, the glory of Jesus. And that glory would forever seal our heart. No more wandering. Don't you get tired of the wandering thing? In one day, out the next. I'm talking about maybe not in your actions, but in your heart. Don't you get tired of that? You know, the promise of God is we're not going to wander again. There's coming a time where the heart will be forever sealed in the grace and the goodness of God. So, to be with him and to behold his glory. It is, to me, the same concept of John being called up to the throne to see what's, what life is like around the throne because to behold the glory is to be changed. To behold the glory is to be changed. So, let's keep it simple. Everything you're beholding right now is making its mark on you. We have a choice to where we're going to focus our gaze. We do. We have a choice. 
And when there's a battle raging around us, and there are, it seems to be that most of the time, you know, the good news again is that we're not alone, that where God guides, God provides, and God is willing to help us. I know these things are redundant, but please hear them for what they are because we need to be encouraged, okay? Jesus himself on the way to the cross decides in his humanity, Father, I don't want to do this. If it's possible, take it away from me, right? There's his humanity. Anybody got any humanity? Right, let's just be honest. I don't want to do that. But he says, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And as soon as he has that confession, an angel is sent from the Father to strengthen Jesus in his humanity as if to say to us, I know your struggles. You see, Jesus had to be touched with our struggles. And so I thank God for giving us that insight into his struggle. We'll never struggle with such a load as he did that day. But nonetheless, there in his humanity, there's a provision for the honest heart. A provision for the honest heart. And what does the honest heart say? The honest heart doesn't say, oh, I don't ever have any temptations, or I don't ever, I always want to do what's right. You're lying. You don't always want to do what's right, and you might as well admit it. That is the truth. You see, God, and by the way, Jesus never sinned. So it wasn't a sin to say, I don't want to do what's right or what's required. It's not a sin. As long as, see that, that honest heart is the thing that God is so, because he's into truth. He's just into truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so in the honest heart, Jesus says, you know, in my humanity, I'm, I'm looking for a way out of this. But nevertheless, see, there's that choice. There's that part of you and me, the spirit of man, right? Now, some people, today we call, in some cases, you know, we call this schizophrenia. <laughs> and there is multiple personalities and demons that get involved in the secular world, tries to do their best to put a label on them. But let me just say it this way. There's more than one voice inside of you that you need to discern you need to discern and you're not you haven't lost your mind if you're having multiple voices now it could be you need deliverance but an absolutely normal person has a bit of a conflict that goes on inside where two positions at least two are taken up i want to go i don't want to go so here Jesus' conversation was, I don't want to go. That's his humanity. That's his frailty as a man. He totally identified with us in his humanity. And yet his spirit, yes, that was his soul. That's right on, brother. Threefold being, spirit, soul, and body. His spirit, and we are spirit at its purest sense. That's the real us, his spirit. But in his spirit, he said, nevertheless... This isn't based on my feelings. This isn't based on my emotions. This isn't based on my circumstances. I mean, if Jesus was basing that on his circumstance, it wouldn't have happened. You know, the flesh typically, you know, pulls its stuff out of its circumstances and it makes its decisions based on the pressures and all this stuff. That's the flesh. That's the soulish part of us. Mind, will, intellect, emotions, the thing that's feely. 
but the Spirit can actually be operate totally separate. Isn't that great news? It can operate totally separate from all that stuff. And the Spirit is the part of us that communes with God. God is a Spirit. And those who worship God must worship Him how? Come on. In Spirit and in truth. There is a Spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Job 32 and 8. Spirit. So Jesus, in Spirit, said, Not my will. <laughs> but yours be done. And God gave grace for him to finish his course. So, that I might behold his glory. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured his cross. For the joy that is set before us, we too will endure whatever life might spin our way because there's something greater to be had. It'll be worth it in the end. But if you don't see the end, you don't tend to pay the price for the end. How many things have you had to do by having a bit of a vision for it in front of it? Have a vision for it. You know, I'd like to have that house or I'd like to have a pond. Right, Tim? Tim and I was a, joined the pond club. Amen. And uh, it's amazing what can happen when you have a little bit of a vision. And you think, I want something, and I got my eye on it. You start kind of meditating on it. You start building. And then, and then along the way, you start paying a price for it. And if the vision has captured enough of your heart, if, if, if the value of what's in your sight is, is worth it, you'll get past the wetland specialist coming in and saying you can't do it and they're going to fine you. Hello. You, you, you push through. You push through because what you see is worth more than the resistance you experience. But you got to see it before you see it or you'll never see it. So what are we, what's our vision? Well, I got a vision for this. You know, here's the thing. God's saying that's no, all nice. But the greater includes the lesser. And the greatest vision that any of us can have is the person of the Lord Jesus, his glory to be with him where he is. And so, wow, so way out my side of my notes this morning, and it's okay. So what are we doing? Why are we gathered here today? Well, Pastor, because it's Sunday, and every good person knows on Sunday you're supposed to go to church. Well, number one, there ain't a good person in the room bunch of saved people you want a scripture and verse I'll be happy to give them to you there is none righteous no not one so on so on don't be offended maybe you need to be offended I don't know every good person goes to church that's why we're here pastor I hope it gets to become more than that I hope it becomes you know God you know I, I need you and and there's something special you've decided to give when, when brethren gather together that you decided not to give just on an individual basis, although you'll meet with me individually, it's beautiful, but there's something I can only have when I'm together with my brethren. Only. I'm hungry. I, I need prophecy. I need someone leading me into the pre I, 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 I say I need it. I appreciate it. I, I, I thank God for the graces He's given to us 
to function together. And, and I'm coming to church because I'm hungry. Come on. I'm looking for God here today. I, I hope you're here beyond religious obligation. Although I will say there are mornings where I've said, just get up, you got to go, you're the pastor. That's happened, you know. <laughs> God loves an honest heart. <laughs> I'm going to try my notes again, okay? Just let me, let me get back to my notes. You know, when, when they painted, the clock is no longer there. So this, this is going to be an awesome meeting. I mean, it's just so cool. I'm just like, I feel totally off the leash, man. I'm like, <laughs> totally off the leash. <laughs> Yeah. I just feel this morning, you know, I've got a bunch of notes here. You're aware of that. Um, but I feel this cry in the heart of God. And I feel burdened for the condition of His church at large don't take that as like I, I love this place we're, we're precious to the Lord certainly precious to me but I'm burdened for the overall condition of the church and I, and I feel this longing in the heart of God for a people who will respond to his cry that we would be with him that it would be about him that it would be for him not just in words, but in truth, in life, that, that what we do, our, our, our zeal for the, for the house of God, uh, our zeal for His glory, our zeal for His presence, our, our zeal for you know, not letting petty things keep us from the presence of God. You know, I was thinking about the idea that it's one thing to be in the presence of God. It's another thing to be present in the presence. Be present in the presence of God. You know, you can come to church and just kind of be thinking this, but there's this intentionality that God's cultivating and looking for where, you know, it's kind of like the husband and wife when you're there, you're doing your husbandly thing, but you're not there. Come on, ladies, it's okay to say amen. Would you put that remote down? And then there's this little attitude that slowly starts rising. I've talked to guys like this. <laughs> Don't hold me to the honesty factor right now. It's okay. Just bend there myself. That's what my wife says, yeah. But what, what is that like? You know, how does that translate over to our walk with God where we're in church, but we're not in church? I'm going to dismiss you early today because I just feel like God's just, please do? That bad? I might have to really dismiss you early because we need to have a talk, honey. You're supposed to be my cheerleader up here, hon. That's why you're in the front row. You remember? Remember that conversation? Ra, ra, shishkumbago, preacher. That's your spot. Remember that? Amen. Hallelujah.
I'm red. I know it. I feel it. <laughs> That's one of those. Yeah. I got a whole sermon brewing on the red face. Praise God. But I feel, I do, I do feel this honest conversation maybe God's just wanting to have with us. Like when you come, how about being here? How about putting down all the distractions in your mind? Make an effort to be present in the presence. To hear him. Hear what's on his heart. You know, God's wanting to say some things that we need to hear. He's wanting to say some things that we need to hear. Actually, he's looking out for our future. As a good husband, he's got things that he wants to navigate us through without loss. But to get that kind of information, we're going to have to be present in his presence. God, here I am. I'm hungry. <laughs> I know I've got all kinds of challenges in my life, but you know what? You're bigger than them all, so they're not going to keep me out of your presence. I'm going to make my way into your presence, God, today. I'm not going to let petty stuff keep me from my inheritance to be with you. And I want to be one of those people in the auditorium knowing you're behind the curtain who's giving my waking every waking hour and even my sleep, God. Give me grace for it. But I want to be shouting your praises and I want to be beckoning your return onto the stage. That's how I want to do my life. And God, I know that in my weaknesses you've made a provision just like you did for Jesus as he was heading to his cross. You're going to do the same thing for me as I'm just honest. If you've called me to the supper and I'm blind, you're going to send a guide. <laughs> Someone to take my hand. If you've called me, whatever it is, God, I'm not going to let all that stuff keep disqualifying me from answering the call. How easy we disqualify ourselves from the greatness of this calling. If God chose to call you, and he has, the honor of it and the knowledge that the one who has called me is going to make a way for me should be enough. Amen. So let's put a demand on the presence of God together. Let's put a demand on the presence of God. Those on Emmaus Road put a demand on him that he was so wanting them to do. It's not like we're twisting God's arm here. God's arm is already stretched out to us. It's already ready to take us somewhere. We're not having to make him do something he doesn't want to do. Jesus made as though he would have gone on and they put a demand on him to stay. I believe God's just trolling again through Living Waters World Outreach Center and those that are watching by the internet. God's trolling. 
will we bite? Do we want? God, I don't know how to do that. Amen. Well, start by just being present and being present in his presence. Being there when you're there. I give you credit for being here physically. And I give you double credit for being here spiritually while you're here physically. It starts by getting here physically. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but God's saying, come on, wife. Come on, partner. Let's go somewhere together. Let's do something together. Yes. Let me give the microphone. I had something really burning in my heart when I came for intercession this morning and I just sat on it. Um, and I feel like I'm supposed to give it now. If we thought that the President of the United States was going to be here today, we would not be late and we'd make sure we were here. If we needed healing and we thought we would absolutely be healed if we came, we would be healed. We would come and we would not be late. If we needed financial counseling because we were going down the tubes financially and somebody who knew exactly how to get out of debt was going to be here, we would be here and we would not be late. If we needed marital counseling because our marriage was going down the tubes, we would be here and we wouldn't be late. He is all of those. And that is who we've come to meet with. Mm. Our invitation here every Sunday is with all of those and more. He's the answer. And he began to speak to me about a spirit of self-pity mm. and that... Um, and he, I hear this, this, this saying over and over in my head a lot lately. If you keep doing what you keep doing, you're going to keep getting what you keep getting. The, the misnomer is we think that we're waiting for God. No, he is waiting for us. And we are in boot camp right now. And let me tell you something. I could easily be one of those people that are in self-pity, poor as me. And I wouldn't be alive right now. If you want to fulfill the destiny that God has been pouring over you all your life, he has been saving your life for this moment that is just now. But if you let disappointment and discouragement get you down, listen, like David did, encourage yourself with the Lord. Get over yourself and start, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Look to help somebody else. I, it's just burning in me. I just, I am frustrated to see the same people feeling sorry for themselves going around the mountain again. God has given us everything for a life of victory. You're either going to believe it or you're not. So, listen, God is trying to prepare us to be eagles, to be leaders, because there's a great harvest coming in. We got to get with the program. We've, we're in boot camp right now for those who are, are willing. And the, it's worth it. 
It's not going to be worth it like that song says. It is worth it now. So, you know, I'm sorry. It was a hard word. I felt like I was just burning in my heart. And it has been burning. I'm frustrated that when it's 9.30, this place is half empty. And then when I turn around and it's like full, it's like, well, when did those guys all show up? If it was your job, you would not show up. 20 minutes late, half an hour late, 10 minutes late, five minutes late. You'd be fired. We are showing forth the character of God. If we're late every single Sunday for everything that we do, what does that look like for the world to us and even for each other? We need to spur one another on. Listen, we're, we're to be the character of God. Show forth the character of God. Praise God. Glory to God. <clears throat> I was the pastor's wife today that didn't want to come to church because I was running late. And I'm usually here to pray. I apologize. And all this condemnation got on me because I was going to have to face Becky. <laughs> all right. Anybody else that was late, let's have an altar call right now. Anybody late, we're going to pray for you. <laughs> and Connie. I love my sisters. And what Connie is saying is very true. It is. Okay, and I, I'm not saying, Amen. but I had a hard morning. I couldn't find what I wanted to wear, and I was running around in circles, and I got up later than normal, and I was up half the night. So on my way over here, I just thought, you know, God, I don't even want to look at my sisters here. They're so diligent to pray early. I'm normally here. But all of a sudden, this condemnation came over me and the guilt. And, and, and I'll tell you, it's just, I wanted to come to church. I want to sit in the back row. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to ask anybody how they were doing because I didn't want to hear anybody's problems. I needed to be in church today. I told Andy when he greeted me at the door, how are you doing? I said, I need to be here today. <laughs> I need God. <laughs> and I've been imprinted over the years that I know that I need to be in church on Sunday morning. But there's times where your flesh just, you know. So anyway, so we started worshiping. And I knew that I had to begin to thank God for so many things. I thank God for my husband. He's a godly man. I thank God for this place. I thank God for everyone who comes here. I thank God for the school. I thank God, you know, and it was on the floor before God. He knew my heart. I said, God, I, I need to learn how to live to you and not to live to people. Because if I live to people, I don't measure up as a pastor. I don't earn my keep. I never do enough. It's this voice that keeps telling you, you're not good enough. You don't measure up. You need to do more. You need to do, 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 do. Amen. And I felt whipped. And that prophetic word that I had was more for me than anybody else around here. 
Just being honest today. But finally, I felt like a bird. I had a little vision of myself in this cage, and I was flapping my wings, and I remembered that book, The Butterfly Effect. Every little flap sets something in motion, molecules in motion. If you keep doing this little effort, you keep flapping your wings. And that's how I, I saw the bird flapping. All of a sudden, the bird went out of the cage. And that last song about the glory of God filling the whole earth, something shifted over me. And I was there before the throne. I needed to hear what Christy Wood said about little Hannah in the fast. If we've had that school for 20 years and that little girl becomes an Amy Carmichael and affects the lives of hundreds, thousands of little girls in India, if she, comes, if she becomes like, you can fill in the name. If that school has been there and that little girl has been there in Sunday school with a teacher like that, It's worth it all. It's worth all the disappointments. It's worth all the fallen expectations. It's been. It's worth everything. If one little girl gets touched like that, I needed to hear that because that so encouraged me and just shut up all the other voices. And to hear this message today coming from my husband, who is my pastor too about the glory of God. We're not never going to come into unity unless he's the focus. Because if we just spend our time ministering to people and trying to help people and seeing such little fruit, honestly, you pour your heart out sometimes, and where is everybody? My mother told me after my dad passed away, and she slept in a couple of Sundays, Finally, the third Sunday, she was going to say, well, I, I really don't feel like facing people anymore. She said, all of a sudden, she said, Irene, shake yourself. Get out of bed and go to church. She, she said, it scared me so much. That's how easy it is to backslide. You get up on a, ah, there's all these excuses. She said, wow, it scared me the hell out of me I'm going to be there and she is she's going to be 86 she's in church every Saturday night or every Sunday morning and sometimes she goes to both because she gets her days mixed up <laughs> cover <laughs> both <she's> bases <laughs> we all get discouraged uh, one of the blessings of old age you know, double, double church. Thank you, Lord. We all get discouraged. <laughs> we all need to come into the corporate setting. Uh, we all need to be together to hear do. the voice of the mm. leader. Yes. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. I love women's ministry. I love Thursday night. <clears throat> but you're not going to make it just by coming Thursday night. Yes. And I don't say that as... I love Monday mornings. We have women who come faithfully on Monday mornings, but just coming Monday morning and not coming Sunday 
you're missing out. We have got to come corporately and worship and push together mm-hmm. and hear the mm-hmm. truth, mm-hmm. which will set us. God speaks to us on Sunday morning. And we have a leader that normally sees beyond what we can see. Amen. We think we can see it all. Yeah. Just me and Jesus. Well, we can't. And we have to submit ourselves to godly leadership. I'm not saying this to condemn you because I got rid of that spirit. We all feel condemned at times. And boy, I was being whipped up today. But I'm saying what Connie said is true. Every joint supplies. We hear the voice of many waters when we come together through an exhortation, through a, a loving rebuke, through an encouragement, <laughs> through prophetic words, through worship. We're lifted up. And we grow and we're being taught too many people don't want to be taught today they don't want to sit under the word how are you going to grow just with fellowship and eating together and having fun that's great but you got to go into the school of the holy ghost if you're going to learn you go to school in the natural to get an education to prepare you for life You go to college. You study for your exams. And yet so many people don't want to study for life in God. So you're going to find yourself as babes when you get to heaven. I don't want to be a baby. I want to be a full-grown, mature Christian. I want to manifest Christ. I wasn't put here on earth just to fellowship and have fun eating together. Amen. I'm going to let my husband take over now because he's patting me on the back. (laughs) So I know the signal. Glory to God. Thank you. Amen. You know, I will say that when we started this uh, service, when I got up to speak, and I had the handheld in my mind and I have this headset mic on I was putting the handheld down and I felt the Holy Ghost say that this type of activity would happen today as I was setting the mic down it was like the Lord said that mic is going to get picked back up again and somebody's there's going to be some exhortation so I thank God for that and um, you know just I want to tie all that up and let us move into what God has for us as we go out into this day What I heard in those exhortations was this. Value. Put value where value should be put. Okay? I also heard, don't live to men. You know, sometimes you can't be here. There's legitimate reasons you can't make it. So don't get under a bunch of condemnation. Don't get under a bunch of junk with that. Live to God. But make sure in your own heart that you're not just devaluing something and letting something else rob you and others. Do you know that you are needed? Your life actually contributes. You might offer one handshake, one smile, one hug to somebody. We just need each other. So I hear the Lord calling us 
I hear the Lord challenging us. Praise God for that. And uh, I hear the Lord loving us and issuing grace to us to finish our course. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, the really good news about all this is I have a whole set of notes for next week already worked out. I mean, this is to me amazing. But I'll tell you how that's going to work because I'm going to get in the week. He's going to go, we're going a whole different way. I'm like, really, God? Yeah. They were really good notes. I thought. (laughs) Praise God. I don't know what time it is. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess the question is, is lunch ready back there for pie with pastor? Does anybody know? Huh? We think we're good? Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to just pray and dismiss all of you beautiful faces. And if you're going to pie with pastor, um, if you'll just graciously migrate that way, that would be awesome. I know we love to hang out and talk, and and that's all good. But um, if you're going to be a part of that, uh, if you'll just kind of make your way that way. There is a bathroom over there, by the way, if you need one, or you can catch one in the hall here if you've got to do that. But praise God. I thank God for this place. I thank God for this meeting today. And I thank God for just the wooing of the Holy Spirit this morning. So why don't we stand up and let me just pray. And um, just ask the Lord's blessing today. Father, thank you for being so ready to respond to our response behind the curtain. There you are, Lord. I thank you that you're, 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 you're willing and able. And I just want to thank you for the hunger that's already here in this place. I want to thank you for the zeal that exists among these here in this local church. I personally find it so refreshing as a pastor. I thank you for the privilege of pastoring this people. Thank you. And Lord, I, I, I do hear the cry of your heart today for more that you're calling us even into more. And Lord, today I pray that the seed of of this calling, this desire to be with you, to put value where value belongs, that we would become more and more skilled at navigating the distractions and that we wouldn't compromise such a high calling for something so temporal and something so meaningless. Thank you for help with that, Lord, and where we're struggling, blind, halt, maimed. Lord, I want to thank you again just that you've sent help to get us where we need to be. And that help comes in so many different forms from one another through your spirit. However it is, Lord, that you've chosen, but I thank you for the help to finish our course. I speak your blessing over this congregation today. I thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation. To us who are in you, Jesus. I want to thank you this morning for the spirit of liberty and grace and the love that's calling us all right into your heart. And I bless this congregation, those watching by the internet today. In Jesus' beautiful and powerful name, amen and amen. Praise God. Go and be.